0: We read this great story every Christmas Eve night. And this year, a certain phrase catches my attention. It's this. The shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. Let us go now to Bethlehem. And see this thing. In a real sense tonight, we are making our way to Bethlehem. Coming close, gathering, opening our hearts in Bethlehem. We're seeking to experience afresh this thing that has happened. This is what the great writer Annie Dillard says about Bethlehem. And she's talking about the actual place. One of the queerest spots on earth, I hope, is the patch of the planet where, according to tradition, a cave, once stabled animals, and where Mary gave birth to a son whose later preaching, scholars of every stripe agree, with varying enthusiasm, caused the occupying Romans to crucify him. Generations of of Christians have churched over the traditional Bethlehem spot to the highest degree. Centuries of additions have been made made the architecture peculiar, but no one can actually see the church anyway because many monasteries clamp onto it in clusters like barnacles. The Greek Orthodox Church owns the grotto site now in the form of the Church of the Nativity. Several years ago, a good number of us from this church visited this particular holy spot when we made the interfaith trip to Israel. And on a certain day on that trip, we were hearing the words of Luke and following along with the shepherds, let's go to Bethlehem. So we got off the bus in Bethlehem and we made our way to the Church of the Nativity. And we waited in a long line with lots of other pilgrims. And the nave of this large church was filled with people waiting. They were from all around the world. And they were mostly impatient, frustrated that it took so long to get to that sacred spot, that spot designated deep in the basement of the church where the Savior was born. As our group waited, our guide, a Palestinian Christian, explained some of the things about the architecture and about many of the people from around the world who keep coming to this particular spot, some of whom were singing that day and we could hear them, others of whom were fussing with each other about who was ahead of who in the line, and our guide even launched into a A long case for the historic evidence that this, 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 this was the real spot where the Savior was indeed born. The massive stone in this church is well worn from all the millions of visitors. The line leads finally to some innumerable steps dark stone steps that descend to the deepest basement the grotto of the nativity and the grotto goes down to yet another smoky stairway to a small stone cave and this was the place this was the place it smelled of wet sand you had to kneel one person by one person under the arches of of brocade hangings and crouched down to see it and there was this marble floor and a 14 pointed silver star marking the spot here just here tradition says the infant was born 2,100 years of Christianity emerged from that particular spot God emptied God's self and became a human God moved into the neighborhood Lines and lines of people, day after day, year after year, go crouching down to get close to that spot, to touch that spot, to feel that moment. The shepherd says, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has shown us. It may be meaningful for many of us to actually go to Bethlehem But if that's our focus, the spot, the place, Bethlehem, then we're likely missing the point, the real point, the real message, the important message. The important point is not the spot. It's not the place. It's not the cave. It's not the grotto. The more important point, not to be missed and not to be minimized, is that God comes among us, the God of the universe, the massive universe, the God of all the world, the God of creation, the God of Abraham and Sarah, the God of Moses and Miriam, God comes to be with us, to be one of us, to be one like us, to save us, to show us the way to life and life in abundance. This is the real story of Christmas. God comes to the poor shepherds, and it says the poor shepherds were living in the fields. God comes to them in all their desperation, in all their difficult days, and gives them hope. God comes to them to give them life and peace and purpose. God comes to the immigrants and the lonely and the lost, and that would be in the first century and every century since then, including the immigrants at our borders, and at frightening spots all across the globe, including in Bethlehem today. God comes to give people hope, to show them that they have a home, they have a family, and it's with God. And our job is to help everyone find a home and a family. With God. God comes to the hurting and to the powerless to show us that no one is forgotten, not anyone. No one is left out and nothing can separate us from God's love, not anything. God comes to the sad and to the confused. God comes to the terrorized and the victimized to reveal that light, not darkness, light holds the day. Not evil not all the bad things that can be happening to our very lives. Our God cares. Our God comes. Our God never leaves us. It's not about Bethlehem, the place. God comes to prove to us. It's not about Caesar in Rome. It's not about Herod in Jerusalem. It's not about Pilate as the governor. It's not presidents. It's not premiers. It's not executives. It's not generals. It's not any of them are going to be the king. Because the world has been turned to a new way. To God and God's Son, Jesus Christ. God brings a Savior born into the gloom and into the terror of the world to demonstrate and depict God's wonderful plans, God's power over all that seems more powerful, God's purposes that are way more important. God will restore the world back to its sanity. God will bring help And healing, especially where it's needed most. Where do you need to hear that tonight? This feels like a really timely message for my own heart as we continue to be destabilized and stalked by COVID. This is a really important message when we're feeling fatigue and uncertainty. And we're dealing with all kind of other situations that might be emerging within our hearts, within our families, within our nation, within our world. God comes among us. To you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's not really about Bethlehem. It's about what happened in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. And that being born anew in each of us. It's about us responding to what happened. We don't just marvel at the birth and touch the spot. We let the birth lead us to trust that Jesus Christ is the world's best hope. We try to follow Jesus with our lives, working like he did for justice and peace and love and light for everyone, as it did on that first Christmas. We heard the story As it did on that first Christmas, may God's love and God's spirit break into our tired and gloomy moments, our tired and fatigued lives, and give us hope and purpose. May God's grace and kindness break in with power and light to bring holiness. May God's angels break into our old patterns and renew us to give us a purpose and a peace, and a new commitment to work for justice and joy for every person. That's who God cares about. Every person. God comes, and God intends us to live, really live, friends, in the ways of Jesus. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise, to receive your spirit, to celebrate Christmas. Well, that is to find life and purpose. Keep showing us the way. We seek to follow Christ our Lord. Amen.